<laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Stick Podcast. We are going live. Episode two, while we get everything set right now. So, welcome back. Let me get this going real quick. What's up? Hello. Heal. Got visions. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Let me get this. We got a special guest, Jackson. <laughs> and I'm waiting on Ashley to come on as our guest all the way in Alaska. Alaska? Okay, let's see. Where's she at? How's everybody's day going? Happy Tuesday. Bitcoin going back up. <laughs> Tell them what you're selling now. What you're working on. I mean, it's a lot of things that I should be working on. But my major next project, after I do these little ones, get those out of the way, I'm making some vests out of Pendleton blankets and other blankets that we have. Um, so that's my next project. I have a few of those coming out. I'm really excited about that one. And um, yeah, that's my next thing that I'm working on. And the new website's up, new theme style. A lot of all of them say it's an easy checkout too, which is great. Unable to join, what's going on here? There you are. Hi. Hi, Ashley. Squinched up. <laughs> Maybe just put the camera. Let's go on. Okay. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? you? Look, thank you. Good. You look cute. Thank you. <laughs> We're just still setting it up here. Okay. How's audio? Are we good? Yeah. Okay, look, we're gonna just introduce ourselves to everybody. We're gonna start it off. Hi everybody, I'm Yendi, I'm Kachikel Maya from my mom's side. I'm Mexican from my dad's side. Then we got- Johnny Nito, Tule River Yokuts tribe in Paiute. And then our special guest today is Ashley. Go ahead, Ashley. Introduce Ashuna <laughs> Joey Verrett D. Hart, Sakse Homa Ogla, Rikahakmu, Louisiana, Baniaka, Lingako Kaknak D. Hart, Kajikwithmiu, 
So what I said was, hi, my name is Ashley Dehart. I'm originally from Kodiak Island. Uh, my native name is Nasunghik, and it translates to one who sees the future or one who knows of things. Um, my mom is Ada Coyle from Kodiak Island. Um, my grandpa is Fred Coyle Jr. from Akiak, raised there and born in Alatak. Um, he's the last traditional chief of our village. And my grandmother is Irene Coyle. My husband is Joey. He's of the Red Crawfish people, um, Homa Nation in Louisiana. And our daughter is Ling Upkok. <laughs> And um, we all currently live here in Anchorage, and um, Anchorage, Alaska, and um, <laughs> land acknowledgement. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, Koyana for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I low-key have been a fan of you. I follow you <laughs> from my personal page, and I just think you're so cool. Um, you're learning your own culture as well i've seen like the stuff that you're putting out there and how you are learning and when you started doing um some of your commission work as well and then i've seen some of your husband's work too i can't remember who i started following first but i follow you and your husband <laughs> I, think you guys are so cute too. I love thank it thank you thank you so much <laughs> how's the weather up there it's pretty cold and the sun is it isn't still up. sunny. <laughs> is it still no. sunny? <laughs> Wait, why is it like all night now? Um, no, we just don't. We only have daylight now, but it's not like it's hard to explain. <laughs> oh. It's not the sun, but it's light out, but it's not the sun. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Never dark there. <laughs> yeah. Also, you guys have to have like black curtains, right? To like cover. Yeah. Like, That's why the blackouts were invented, man. <laughs> <laughs> does it does it make a um okay since your husband he's from he's from louisiana right was yeah. it i don't know if it was hard or was he able to adjust to the sunlight or did it like did it feel weird um i think he was saying it was really hard to like get used to um so like his family actually moved to alaska after hurricane katrina Oh. And um, when he turned 18, he went back to Louisiana. And then, you know, that's when we met. But we met online. <laughs> um, oh. But then he came back to Alaska because his family was living here anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Humidity to cold, huh? That's a, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Okay, Ashley. So um, just starting out, um, you said that you're trying to learn more about your culture. Is it something that you're starting off by yourself? Or do you have maybe your uh, parents or grandparents that are slowly trying to learn too? Or do they know a little bit and you're learning from or what made you start going into just learning more about you and your culture? Yeah, so um, I I got started because, you know, when I was a teenager, I was into partying and stuff, like, really bad. And uh, so, like, I just, I had no, like, 
I had like nowhere, you know, to go other than partying. So like, I guess, you know, in my entire life, I never really told anyone I was native. So that's around 16 or 17 years old is when I started getting into my culture. Um, you know, yeah. just my grandparents were really like depressed and oppressed that they couldn't really like share our culture because they were told that they couldn't, you know, so I grew up knowing I was native, you know, I grew up around the language, the food, the dancing and stuff like that. But it like other than that, that was it. Um, but I believe like when I first wanted to really learn is when I went to uh, one of the powwows around here and they were doing the royalty, they, they were crowning like oh. the new royalty. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be her. And so, like, that's where, like, things kicked off. And so, like, I really started learning and kicked things off really fast. Like, I went from, like, smoking cigarettes and drinking to, like, the next day. I'm like, okay, I don't do that no more. I'm, I'm going to be started. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was just a journey from then to now and right now. Um, I, I'm okay with what I know. Um, right now I'm focusing on like reclaiming different arts that my people have done that not too many people do nowadays. Like um, back in November, I made a oil lamp, a stone uh, made out of soapstone. And I was able to carve it out and stuff like that with the help of Marjorie Tabone. Uh, her native name is Kunak and she's a Nupiak from up north here in Alaska. And so um, it was probably around that time where I was like, I want to start carving. And um, surprisingly, uh, my stepdad uh, is a master ivory carver. So oh. I'm getting help from him on carving nice. ivory and um, baleen. And um, right now I'm practicing on wood. <laughs> but yeah. Right. <laughs> is one easier than the other? Or is it, is it the same? I kind of want to say like ivory is probably easier to carve like with the wood and the dremel it's like you can't have the dremel going too fast or you're gonna burn the wood so <laughs> I mean I want to carve ivory now but I don't want to waste material because it's like really oh, okay. hard it, you know oh okay yeah. yeah so going back to the um when you had let's say like your turning point right mm -hmm. um I can relate to you on that because that's where I started off too I was um I'm from the city from LA and you know the lifestyle is drinking and partying and smoking and I got burnt out of that too and I felt like okay well what else is there what what else is more of me if I factor those things out and that's when I started on my venture too to find my culture and then I found out about my first powwow um, yeah. in our area I went to my first powwow and that's not from our, um, our culture. That's more of, of my husband's. But I still wanted to learn and understand. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And like, they do, um, they are similarities. And so I went to that and then I met my husband. And then I had, once I was with him, that's when I decided that I didn't want to drink anymore because he didn't drink. And he um, explained to me about it. <laughs> he explained to me like, um, what drinking does to you spiritually and mentally. And then I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm gonna just stop. I straight up just stopped too. 
just went yeah. turkey on it and it and it wasn't hard i don't know if that was for you too like once you find your purpose of it or like wh why you want to stop it was easy for me was it the same for you yeah it was easy to start off with it was really hard maintaining though um i think there was like two times where i i drank again but it was because i was 21 and dumb but yeah. you know <laughs> i mean no but it yeah. happens though like it's yeah <laughs> From going from one day to another, it, it, yeah. it's not easy for everybody. Everybody has their different reasons. Um, I I luckily was able to move away from that. If I were with my friends, I don't think it would have been as easy for me. Yeah. Um, but my husband and I happened to move out of state. We lived in Oklahoma for a year and a half, and that's when I wasn't drinking. And it was boring, but I didn't feel like I needed to. I think because he didn't drink either, so that helped too. So I didn't right. have to... Yeah. Like, he probably would have like been mad at me or something, but I didn't. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't that that hard. Just being by myself with him. But um. Tame the beast. <laughs> but congratulations on your sobriety. How long have Thank you been sober now? Um, a year and a half, or two years now, actually. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. What else? You have a daughter? Yeah. Right? How old is she? She's one and a half. Aww. Yeah. Um, she's really cute. She's really smart. She's in the other room. I was like, I was trying to ask my mom. I was like, Mom, can you watch her? I, I kind of have something going on Tuesday and but she's going through something right now. So she's like, sorry, I can't. So she's in the other room right now. But uh, okay. she's, she's, probably, she's probably putting herself for a nap, though. She's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you do need to get her, um, we completely understand. Just let me know. And we'll just, like, fill in or talk or something. I mean, cause we got two okay. kids, too. We completely understand. And we have to yeah. put ours in. Like, we're going to pop in and out. She's gonna cry. I have yeah. to one. So don't worry. Don't feel embarrassed. If you need to go, just go. <laughs> just walk away, okay? <laughs> um, so you said that you met your husband online. Dreamcatcher.com, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it really a website? Yeah. No way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> today. They know I'm talking about. Did you know about that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Look it up once. Oh, my God. I wonder if it's still up. That's for you, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> but um when you met him um were you already learning about what well yeah because you guys uh recently got married kind of or are you guys yeah we got people? married in 2017 okay so when you met him you already you were already uh practicing more of your culture and embracing it was he there too or did he also have to learn about his culture um yeah so when we met, um, you know, I, I was already crown royalty. So like I couldn't, a code of conduct, I, I couldn't date. Um, so we were friends for a really long time, you know, like we liked each other, but you know, I, I had to hold myself with respect and, and be like true to, you know, the contract that I signed. Mm -hmm. um, but during that time, like I was still learning about myself and he was still learning about his people and, um, I think at that time, like, he was interested in his language or something like that. And um, so, like, he was doing his own thing. I was kind of doing mine. And um, 
but it was neat to like bring him into like the drum family that I'm a part of and um, reconnect him, you know, in that way. I mean, it's not necessarily like how his people, you know, um, have celebration, but you know, it's at least we're all native and we're all getting together and we're all kind of like on the same spiritual mission, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was interesting, you know, cause like, <laughs> you know, but yeah. <laughs> That's good though, and you know it always helps when your other partner is um, learning, uh, learning about their culture, and you wanting to do this, you wanting to do the same thing. As long as you guys are on the same page, or if one isn't indigenous, um, if they're at least supportive yeah. of your culture, it it helps a lot. Yeah, um, I'm happy for both of you guys that you guys are on that journey Thank and you. teaching your daughter you said you're teaching her some some words um, yeah and watch her watching you do everything that's awesome um, yeah thank you it's hard because you know like I want I want time to do these things but then I realize like it's also important that she's a part of um participating in a lot of stuff like I try and not leave her out um mm -hmm. you know like obviously tattoo revitalization is important to me you know and um mm -hmm. so like I try and um like I try and have her be a part of that and have her watch so that it could be normal to her because you know mm -hmm. there's a reawakening of um like like tattoo like traditional tattoos around here but it's still very taboo to our community that are non-indigenous and um, it was actually really hard to find a job in Louisiana due to the racism. Like the entire time I was living there, I didn't have a job. You know, I put in so many job applications. I got a lot of help from the um, one of the, I think it was like Voc Rehab or something like that with the Chinamacha Reservation. And like, had it not been for them, like, it would have been really hard to find a job because like I was just doing everything on my own but in the meantime though what really saved me was my business and taking on those commission mm -hmm. orders and doing so much beadwork like I regret not taking pictures of every single like project that I did uh -huh. but like I mean I made it enough to you know to keep our our heads above the water but mm -hmm. I mean it was hard but um it helped build character and and it helped me to still be like like connected to my culture so far away from home especially in a community that's like predominantly non-indigenous and mm -hmm. um, like you have to travel real far to even like be around like you know other native people so even though it was hard it was a, lo a lot of learned yeah, I I completely understand what you're saying too. I can relate on that with you. When we moved to Oklahoma, same thing. Um, yeah, we had our struggles too, and it took me a while to find a job as well. I never thought about it that way. How you mentioned it, that it was. I'm sure they were just being prejudiced that yeah. I didn't get jobs because I was more than qualified, or maybe I was overqualified. Anyways, oh, yeah, um, yeah. I know, I know what you're saying, and um, but. Once we had the chance to move, um, like to come back to California, I took it out. I didn't want to, uh, I got tired of Oklahoma already. I didn't want to yeah. stay in California. Um, but um, going back to like trying to include your daughter, um, yeah, it's very important. And that's how it starts off, I feel, teaching them young and just letting them participate and um, 
I think about the kids now. Whenever it comes down to culture, it I just think about the kids. Like, what am I going to teach them? What are they going to see from us? Um, and but I see sometimes that let's say like society now comes into effect as well as like trying to balance everything now. Like, when do I bring in the culture? And with Powell not being around, we have to create something for them or just start something out. Um, I let her participate with me, like when I'm sewing or working, I just try to include her when I can or things that she could safely do. And then, um, yeah, yeah. And um, wait, can you hear me? Oh, there it is, loaded. <laughs> Um, sorry, the connection bad first. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should make this into a family channel. Oh no! Hang on, baby. Hang on. Still with this, Ashley? She can hear you. It's still live, though. Uh, it's like cutting out really bad. Like. <laughs> okay so yeah so um yeah once you become a, a mom I feel like everything just turns to the kids and it kind of forces you to reevaluate yourself too and pushes you to do these things so you can teach them or they can carry on something that you want to start off and they can see like, hey, my mom did it. My mom did it by herself or she taught me this. Exactly. Like my whole mindset is my daughter, you know, um, like sometimes I, I get really hard on myself. And, like, I don't know. It's just I feel like a lot of like women my age, they're like, oh, well, I'm I'm going to go back to work or I'm going to go back to school. And I'm like. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I feel bad, but I'm like, I kind of wouldn't trade it for the world because you can't learn these things in school. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know, like, there's just a really big stigma on stay at home moms. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's, there is no, um, yeah. I know, I know what you're saying and don't ever feel bad because even if you're not going to school or doing what everybody else is doing, you're sitting your own lane. You are blessed to stay at home with your daughter. That's a blessing already. And for you to teach her things, that's even mm -hmm. a plus right there. Anything that you want to learn, you can learn. Like, they have it online. They have books for other things. But, I mean, culture-wise, no. You can only learn yeah. that and you're able to take her with you or do things with her. Um, that's why I feel with them, too. Um, and with your business, I mean, that's that's that too not everybody will be able to say like hey i work from home i do my own thing i have my business and i you'll have your struggles through that but that there those are blessings to you actually don't don't ever blame yourself for that because that's where i was as well too um but school isn't for me or i found out that it's not it's not for me i tried going back to college a long time ago and uh, I wasn't just feeling it, and uh, I just feel like anything that I want to do, I can learn on my own. 
um, learn from somebody else. But um, yeah, I haven't gone back and I don't feel like I need to. Plus, we have our business. So we're learning as we're going. I'm not a professional either at my business, yeah. but I'm learning as I go. And any major work or um, out there or if, if you get your degree on something, that's what everybody is going through, too. They learn as they go. Um, I mean, the book can teach you only so much. You have to learn everything in life. And that's what we're doing. We're learning everything in life as we go day by yeah. day with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and just trying to figure everything out, trying to balance everything out with the kid, culture, cleaning, cooking, business. Yeah, I, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so... Um, yeah, don't ever feel bad about yourself. Like, everyone's just going through life and learning as they go. Um, if they're trying to put you down, they're just not happy with their life, or maybe they're jealous that they can't spend as much time with their daughter as you do. Okay, you back? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go over your business real quick. I'm interested. <laughs> we could talk about that. Like what? Oh, you want her to talk about her items? Mm -hmm. or what kind of things do you do, actually? Talk to the bottom. What it's about and what's being made, how it's being made. Yeah. So uh, business is Nunak Medicine, and it translates medicine. Um, it started out as like traditional medicines and stuff like that, but then it like changed 360 because um, it just, I don't want to say it wasn't a moneymaker, but also it just didn't feel right to me because like I was actually out harvesting stuff and that's free to me. So why am I making Um That's one thing that I learned. Um, so then it switched to beadwork and rig making. Um, so like, I mainly do beadwork because, like, that's a really high demand thing. Like, you want beadwork all the time. Um, but I've made my Aurelia. I've made my nephew's Aurelia, uh, my daughter's. Um, I help make my husband's Aurelia. Like, so, like, I kind of do a little bit of everything. But, like, the highest mm -hmm. thing people want is beadwork. Um, and they and want it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally fine but like I just feel like right now the whole COVID thing going on like everyone's like at home uh -oh. um I just feel like it's um <laughs> um I forgot what I was gonna say oh like people are at home everyone There we go. Alaska other, but like it seems like a lot of us are coming up with the same ideas and <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Sorry. Actually... Those landlines, right? <laughs> to um like venture in different mediums and stuff. Hold on, let's give the Wi-Fi a second. So the last thing that I was able to catch was when you said that uh, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, so I was just saying that, um, like a lot of us being home, like a lot of us are kind of all selling the same thing. Oh. <laughs> and um, it just, like, I like to be unique. And mm -hmm. um, I just feel like a lot of us are coming up with like, like we were all on the same wavelength, you know, and I just didn't want to sell something that I don't know, like it just, it was overwhelming to see that like my work was kind of being like, not stolen, oh. but like used as inspiration and being sold like five times the price of what I was selling. Like, you know, it just was oh. becoming a whole different thing for me. So like I had to take a break from that. Um, mm -hmm. So then I started getting into drawing. Like I'm like another new thing with my business is like I'm trying to come up with different like design that to sell as stickers because like I noticed that that's a really hot thing right now too. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm kind of just shifting my business right now. I mean, I'm not taking any custom orders right now, but I um, hope to add, like, more tradition into my, mm. my business rather than just, like, beadwork. Because um, I, oh, I yeah. feel like I, I'm worth it. <laughs> um, I undersell myself yeah. a lot, but it keeps the customers coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did it, did you make that drawing or was it your husband of you that got featured um, with Reclaim Your Power? I did that one. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thank you. He was like, who's Reclaim Your Power? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't but, um, know that. They wanted to share it until my husband said something. He said, you know, Reclaim Your Power wants to share your work, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> so I was like, okay, let me message them. So I did. <laughs> um, and then I also saw a video. Uh, well, before I change the subject, do you want to speak about her business anymore? Mm. Or do you have any questions? I had one, but you threw me off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Keep going. Oh. Her. Oh, okay, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I don't know. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, got it. When you said about your beadwork and underselling and overselling too, um, how was it transitioning with business? Because this one at the beginning acted like, oh, I don't want that person wearing my clothes and all that stuff. And with beadwork too, it's just like, oh, that transition of, I don't know if I can make that too, right? And then, yeah. so she had that in her mind. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, our clothing is kind of for everyone. It's not a particular tribe or tribes or trying to focus on that spiritual growth. But it's like, if they want it, they can have it. I mean, we're not really <laughs> trying to act like that. So then her, her mind kind of shifted too. <laughs> well, okay, let's open it up. I'm like, yeah, yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about? Tell her, <laughs> what are you trying to do? Yeah. Um, for me, it was like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I guess I just felt like, you know, I put like, I stay up like two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, trying to come up with like, unique artwork, like making it traditional and contemporary at the mm -hmm. same time. So then that way it could be for everyone. And yes. then it's kind of heartening when some because I don't have too many. I only have like I think three hundred or something like that. But it's hard when uh -huh. somebody who has like I don't know a thousand to two thousand 
followers and then they're selling something that is similar to what I for something that I was only for like 40 bucks and they're selling it for like 200 like yeah you know so like I kind of was hurt by that and you know at that moment it was just like okay I need I just need to take like I I need new inspiration and um I need to just reevaluate <laughs> what my Setting. Uh -oh. Setting. Setting. Yeah. What do you use for your backing on the on the beadwork? Like I was using elk and deer. Um, I normally um bead on Helen, which is like stiffened felt, and then um. Uh -huh. What I normally do is I put cardboard behind it and then I'll take whatever leather or hide I got and then and then have it made mm -hmm. that way. Nice. Gotcha. Forty bucks for that. That <laughs> <Damn>. skin <laughs> costs more than that. <laughs> wow. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Got some good deals, man. <laughs> good deals. Hey, when I first started off, I would be giving you stuff away. And my husband said, like, What are yeah, you me doing? Yeah, me too. She's like, like my husband. I'm like, Right here, fool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would be giving stuff away. And I'm like, Oh, my, it's okay. Like, just let them. Just let it. It's fine. He's like, No, you need to stop doing that. No. We were not making money at all at, at the beginning. And then me giving stuff away, not helping. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's something that I, uh, I know um, a lot of artists struggle with, like your worth and then um, being discouraged and trying to like figure out which way are we going? How are we sticking to this? And then trying to um, mm -hmm. stand out from everybody else. Um, trying to include your culture into that and your own design. Uh, I know that I struggle with that too. And I, I feel like I'm sometimes still struggling with that as I go. Like I have my waves. I'm like inspired. We're going. We're doing this. I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing that no more. Or like, I don't feel like doing anything right now. Um, maybe I want to change my things up. And yeah. It's just about sometimes we just need to take a break from it all. And just like you said, like you'll yeah. step away from that and then trying to like reevaluate yourself. Um, I find myself doing that too. We just need to step away and relax. I'm sure we're just overwhelming ourselves, burning ourselves out, and we need that break. And yeah, sometimes exactly. that would just bring us back to our, our original um, idea. Um, why we started it off, how we're doing it, and then we just get back on that that ride and keep going for it for for a while until you get burnt out again. Yeah. What's what's your favorite thing to do? Is it beading or now that you're learning how to carve? Um, I kind of want to say carving is my my favorite because like you get all, like you could actually and like physically see that 
there's progress being made with um, stuff, stuff like, like that. So I mean, in a way, but at the same time, I like the reward of, um, of carving because then I don't have to worry about thread and oh, I got a knot and <laughs> so it's like, there's, I don't know. I I kind of like carving right now. I guess it's because I've never done it before and I, and I enjoy it. You have to describe what you're carving to me. We're trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, can. let me grab it. Okay. See, you I'm gotta, trying to figure it out. Her. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. She, they posted it on there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not bad. <laughs> and her husband's doing it too, right? Sorry, I just okay, post so... the dank memes and leave. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? While she loads. They're they're carving traditional so designs. This is what I carved. Okay, it's loading. That's from what I saw that her husband was doing. Okay. Um, still. Hold on, Ashley. Still pending. If you can hear us, you froze a little, but okay. There uh, we go. Ooh. Something going on here. Oh wait, I didn't see that. Still loading. And what's that made out of? Hold up, Wi-Fi. Hold up, wait, wait, wait chunk. It was probably five to seven pounds. <laughs> Still loading. <laughs> That's all right. That's cool. So it's, okay, well, it's loading. Let me just speak a little bit. Those of you that are just tuning in, we are speaking to Ashley. All the way in Alaska with the crazy Wi Fi. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good now. Okay, okay so, well, so yeah, this one's really. Um, it's made out of soapstone. It's, um, it started off as just a like a seven pound chunk, and I had to use a hand saw to like make the shape that I wanted and different carving tools to make <laughs> um but wow that's so cool and this okay. one probably was like like a side to light up a room like a small bedroom but not like a living area um we use the like keeping under your parka and keeping warm or something like this to light up a bedroom or a big, bigger one for cooking and lighting area or even a bigger one for ceremony. So um, this uh -huh. is like favorite thing to do. Like I love carving lamps. Um, I hope to be advanced carve different designs on the side and to be able to carve like little uh, animals mm -hmm. and stuff inside of the little um, like bowl part. Cool. Wait, so you said that, do you put the wood or something inside of it to give light? Yeah, so, um, I can't hear you. oh, there you go. 
Hold up, Ashley. Yeah, she's right there. Good. Go okay. It. Can you guys? Okay. So what you would do is you take cotton and you line it right here. And then um, you fill it up with oil and then you light the cotton. Oh, and until the oil um, runs out. Oh, cool. I'll post the video later nice. about lighting it. Okay. Okay. Um, what is your, okay, let me um, share your Instagram, your Instagram name. And correct me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. It's at Nuna underscore Arnock. Yeah, so uh, Nuna Aknak, okay. so the R is a ah uh, sound, so Nuna oh. and um, that's my Instagram, but it translates to land woman. <laughs> oh, cool. I like that. Did you have any other questions about no, the parties? I want to, okay, I want to speak on your, your tattoos. Yeah. We could get that. I, um, <laughs> I love it. If I could, I would get facial tattoos too. But for now, like I'm just getting them on, on my fingers, which I barely just got, and that yeah. he. Hello. Okay. Because our tribe has has tattoos like that, so I want you to be my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're so beautiful. Um. And I know that Hi, um, I can hear you. Sorry. Okay. You know there you go. All right. Can you hear me? Something like that. Just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what I was going to say is that I know that different tribes have different meanings for their lines or facial tattoos, what they represent. And what do your facial tattoos represent or mean to you? Yeah. So um, these are my chin tattoos. They're called Kamsha'un. And um, pretty much they're puberty tattoos. So when you have your first period, um, you have to go into like hiding, like seclusion. They had a hut in the village specifically for women who are going through their moon time and they would gather with that um, girl and pretty much teach her how to be a and that she's ready to have children mm -hmm. and that she could essentially get married and so um, that's significance of it and um, obviously uh, I'm married when I was single I only had these now that I'm married I have my middle um, so, like, over time, um, women can add stuff to their uh, chin tattoo. Um, but that I got this one done, I think, when I was 19 or something like that. But um, so that's what that represents. Um, and normally, after you get married, you just keep getting more tattoos as, like, not just for like healing for yourself and stuff like that 
um, also just to be more beautiful um, in my culture, the more markings that you have, the more wisdom that you have, the more beauty that you hold. Um, so I'm not too sure the specifics on like these markings, um, but our people did them and it was very common for the women to have both sides of their face done. I've heard that one side represents your dad's side and one side represents your mom's side. But um, I think over time, like, like it just, uh, like that has changed and that might not even mean what it means. It could just mean that you're beautiful or, you know. Um, but also, you know, I have my fingers done as well. Um, so in my culture, we have, um, like a sea goddess and the story goes is that she, she was supposed to get married and she didn't want to and so her dad took her out into a kayak and she he pushed her overboard and so she went to the kayak um, so that she wouldn't be in the ocean but he cut her fingers off so she couldn't swim so she went all the way down to the bottom of the ocean so now the um sea mammals um like attached themselves to her fingers so that she could have put good into the world that she will grant you a successful and, and um so those are um that part of my culture um uh so Common places is the chest, the forearms, and the legs and the face. <laughs> so pretty much everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool though. Thank you for sharing that. That's very <laughs> I would say honoring, honoring to hear um, what your people do and what your tattoos What do you mean, mean by your people? Your tribe. And did you say that you were doing, you were trying to learn how to do poke tattoos too? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I have work from a local artist here and her name is Sarah Whalen Lunn. She goes by Ink Stitcher on Instagram. She's done uh, my wrists for me. But going you know, from home, I wanted to be connected to home in Louisiana. So um, I picked up on it. I wasn't officially um, like taught or anything like that. It's just something that I was like, you know what, I'm going to wing it. Um, mm -hmm. Which, you know, I not a lot of people would recommend. But, you know, it's. I just feel like in a way like just when you ask for help or stuff like that that you're just withholding knowledge and that's not right to do mm -hmm. um but I've done a good portion of my own work as well um you actually how I got into um, making beadwork and regalia and stuff like that is I didn't money to buy regalia I didn't have the money for materials for somebody to make my regalia mm -hmm. Um, so what 
I do a lot is like I make my own stuff or I do a lot of stuff that don't have that extra need to dish out. Um, so a lot of mm-hmm. my tattoos that I've done is because I can't afford like, you know, whatever the rate is per hour, dependence I go to, like I don't have that money. And um, same thing with my regalia. I just didn't have the money for somebody to make it for me. Um, so I had, that's how I learned how to bead and stuff is just doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my first teachers for regalia making was June Pardue. And I call her my auntie, but we're actually just cousins. But because she's an elder, I call her auntie. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I do some of my own uh, traditional stick and spoke markings. You're cutting off, actually. Hello? Yeah. Okay. Take it more. So it loads up. I had my first um, stick tattoos done on, on my fingers here. Did they hurt for you too? Okay, I could hear you. Sorry. Okay, no, that's okay. Hopefully, we give it a couple seconds more. It'll load up. Okay, I could hear better. Okay, what I had said earlier. that I also got my first stick tattoos done on my finger. And I was gonna ask you, did they hurt on you? I mean, they weren't that bad, but you know, I could still feel the pain, but I would say it, it was less pain than like a traditional tattoo. I mean, with the with the machine mm-hmm. than the stick. Mm-hmm. Is that the same yeah. for you? Yeah, I, I had more pain with um with the machine yeah with the machine than uh traditional style um they my fingers didn't hurt but they got really swollen because you know (laughs) our fingers are really sensitive (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what i got is our our numeral our numbers in maya it's like one, two, three, four, and so on. And this is five. This one hurt the most. And then it's just like, well, the rest of them should have carried on to here, but I couldn't finish because of the kids. But I finished on this yeah. hand. So then 21, 22, and so on. That's what I wanted on my hands. So I remember I can teach others that want to just like know how we write the numbers. And um, I almost didn't get them. But I'm I'm happy that I did. That's awesome. But, um, did you want to share anything else or anything that you feel like you want to speak on before we wrap it up? I think like one thing that stood out to me the most when you reached out um to speak today um 
was what do you have those um, who are wanting to learn their culture? Um, so I just wanted to speak on that lightly. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to say to anybody out there that um, is thinking about like learning about their culture, claiming some of the things that your people have done, like I encourage everyone to do it, um, especially if you have the resources, the people, um, the connection to do something like that. Um, like you can't go anywhere but forward. You can't go backwards when you're learning these things. Not only does it just help you be more like feel more whole as a person, but also it helps you later in life when when you're going through a hard time and you're like, oh yeah, I think one of my elders did tell something, you know, um, in relation to whatever it is that you're going through, but just something that they randomly taught you. Um, but, you know, I think, like, personally, culture saved my life. You know, I, I had a hard life. I went through a lot of stuff. Um, and it was hard overcoming. But without the um, support and love from my community and from and those who are helping me relearn these things um, and reawaken these things, like, had it not been for that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, you know, I believe there's hope for everyone out there and if you're struggling with sobriety or whatever it is that you through that you could get through it and um with the help of your community and your culture like you're golden from there on out and even if you do mess up i've been there i messed up you know i i went back to drinking you know twice and, and i was hard on myself but then i remembered that i have a lot of who still love me and who still care for me so mm -hmm. If, if there's anyone out there curious and want to learn. Okay. That's good though. Yes, you're, you're spot on. And I want to add something to that, that although I'm 32, it's never too late to find out about your culture, no matter what age you're at. If you don't have somebody that um, from your tribe or somebody in your family that knows, um, maybe find a friend or research online. Um, I mean, there's only so much you can research online, but um, it's never too late to find out. And like you said, Ashley, that once you find out a little bit more of yourself, you feel complete. And sometimes a lot of us that get lost need that without realizing it. Um, we do need that to ground ourselves, um, to learn something to ground ourselves or know how to do it or where to go to if you feel a little lost. And um, thank you for touching on that. I almost forgot about that. And I, and I was the one that sent you that question. Like... <laughs> I had too much going on today, I guess, or my mind is somewhere else. But um, thank you for being on here with us. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I'm low-key a fan of yours. And um, thank you for everything that you shared with us. It was very educational for me and for everybody out there. I hope you learned something of Ashley. Um, I've never... Um, well, I guess I don't know anything about the tribes in Alaska, so it was very nice to hear from you firsthand from somebody. Thank you for your presence. Did you want to finish it up with anything else? Let's go fishing real quick. 
I was promised fishing. <laughs> no. Know <laughs> how to do it out there. <laughs> um, but Ashley, good luck with everything that you're pursuing. Um, good luck with your family. Many blessings and good health for all of you. Um, I hope we can be friends <laughs> online. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> And hopefully work together on something. I always want to yeah. include everybody with our business or maybe like we can make something together or you can sell your stuff on my website. Like, um, but hopefully continue some relationship from this. Yes. Empower each other. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, so I'll share, I'll share your information. Um, Mm, I'll share maybe some more information of you, but um, if anybody wants to follow her, her Instagram name is at Nuna underscore Ahnak. Did I say that right? Yes. Ahnak. Yes. And, um, she does do um, some commission work. She'll let you guys know when she's, accept uh, when she's accepting any orders. Um, check out her work, though, on her Instagram. Her husband does some work, too. And thank you all for tuning in to the talking stick and until next week yep, next week again thank you Ashley again <laughs> Kriana thank you we saw fish time <laughs> Bye.